Welcome in. It is episode number 80? Is it 80? I, I, I gotta remember to look Wasn't at that. 77 le- last week? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like 77. Jumped around. Three, two, shut up. Three, two, one. Welcome in. It's episode number 78. I'll leave it all in. I assure you, I'll leave all of that in. Oh, wow. What a dummy I am. Brian McKinney. Yeah. Good pull. I like that. Episode number 78 of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And of course, the main event. AJ Francis, who I normally say the the team that he's with, but I don't know right now who the team is that he's with. So we'll just go yeah. with NFL defensive tackle AJ yeah, Francis. Right now, uh, my agent's talking to a, a bunch of teams. Um, I could be as soon as tomorrow. I could be anywhere from Atlanta to New Orleans to Chicago to the Jets to I approve the, of Atlanta just to the Raiders. My schedule, like, you know, pretty much anywhere. <laughs> I was really hoping after you said last week San Diego, I was really rooting for that one. I was that, rooting that, for that trip. Yeah. I was, was going to say, all of them sound pretty good, actually. Yeah, most of them sound really good. I, like, I was waiting for Arizona in there. I'm like, please say Arizona, please say Arizona. Uh, but that didn't come up. So, so this is, like, the NFL is just such a weird place. Like, yeah. so, so AJ, who has this great preseason and everybody's raving. Fantastic yeah, everybody's raving about how well he played. And then I start looking at like these projected rosters last week with the Buccaneers, and Aaron, of course, has been looking at them with his pants off for the last month because he's a nerdy Buccaneers fan. Yep. I'm like, why am I not seeing AJ on there? And they're like, well, you know, too many. Pl-. I'm like, this is nonsense. Too many players, and then the guy who most people had didn't end up making the team as well. And is, it was a whole weird thing stupid. with the uh, Bucks. And the NFL is dumb. So the I NFL's did. NFL is very dumb. I, what happens is, uh, you know, they ended up deciding that. Uh, even though I outplayed the two rookies that they had on the roster that uh, that they that they ended up keeping that they were rookies, so they wanted to I don't know. But right. I didn't get that same benefit that that one. Right, rookie. when you were a rookie, right. of course not. Of course right. you weren't afforded that opportunity. But this is the way it works. That's just and we all understand that it's a business and, and AJ of course experienced that quite a bit already in his career. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we move forward for this week. He's NFL free agent, AJ Francis. And by next week, we're probably talking about our new favorite team that yeah. we, that we all agree to root for. You're going to buy one of Heath Slater's shirts now? The free mm-hmm. agent shirt? Oh, yeah. Probably not. Oh, that's dumb. Heath Slater's <laughs> the best. Because I just don't intend on being one for much. That, yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. But, but I would just because you can commemorate the, uh, for the week the that you were yeah, a free exactly. agent, right? And it's a great shirt. Yeah, so. it is a good shirt. I agree with that. All right, uh, later on in this week's show, we're going to talk to uh, good old JR, Jim Ross, uh, return visitor to Jobbing Out as he returns to Baltimore for, um, is he doing both events? Yes, he's yeah. doing, because he, he, him and Cornette are, are doing, doing the, the thing over at Jimmy's yep. on Friday, and then he's doing, be, taking part in the uh, MCW Tribute to the Legends, both the con- I assume both the convention and the uh, show. Event on Saturday night. So yeah. that's two weeks from this Saturday night, correct? It's the 20, correct. 24th? Hey, 24th. Uh, you know, yes. I'm probably going to... Uh, I might be there Monday. We, what are we doing with tickets, man? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, well, you should have maybe mentioned that a little bit earlier. Yeah. Aaron's not going because Aaron's a I piece have of to crack. Work. So, <laughs> so I was trying to figure out how many tickets I needed. So, uh, all right, well, you and I will converse off the air, and we will get that hammered out. We'll get that hammered out. But yeah, we'll talk to Jr. later on in the show. And, and God, when do you not want to talk to Jr.? I mean, that's that'll be great. Also later on, of course, we'll make our picks for Sunday's pay per view. Yes, there's another pay per view. The first sort snap- of. Yeah, well, it is SmackDown. It is a pay per view. You know what? Uh, 
WWE it's a, Network. Technically, it's a network special. Ne- right. Network special. All right, you guys are jerks. Shut up. It's it's the next it's a, one. I, I'm not calling it a network special. It's a pay-per-view. It's a pay-per-view. Backlash comes up on Sunday night, and uh, it's the first SmackDown event, and we will make our picks a little bit later on in the show. Before we do that, uh, let's talk about what happened this week. I thought this was a really good Raw. I thought let's you know let's get into this because I you we all had it out last week as I played devil's advocate and talked about why I would want to go Seth Owens. Or sorry, Seth Owens. If we could make a Seth, Seth Owens, Owens, that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, well, I would want Kevin Owens to be face and and Seth Rollins to stay as a heel. This week, you started to see maybe some of the progression that perhaps they want to have Seth Rollins become a face, but he's not there. Perhaps. Yeah, um, but he's he's not there yet. No, he's not quite. But they're they're and they're trying really on that track. Well, but for the meantime, it's almost like we told you this last week, Glenn. Well, I and I said you can do that. I just said I preferred it the other way. Did we? Like you're you're pretending as if I'd said you couldn't possibly do that. I didn't say that. I just preferred no, it the other way. That they didn't do that. Well, they because didn't. You, because what you said was that they made a a face in only Kevin Owens because he got cheers and, when he won. And as I said, there are future shows with which you can do that work. And they did do that work. I'm allowed to change my mind from week to week based on what they do on be, the show. Uh, you're not allowed to stand on a soapbox for ten minutes boring people to death <laughs> about your stupid argument. And then a week later pretend that you didn't do that by saying... Well, they did what I thought they needed to do to make sure that it ended up working right. I still would prefer Kevin Owens as the face. My opinion is still valid. It's an opinion. God, I hate you more than I can possibly describe. Oh, but we got to throw your boy back in the mix. Can't just have a great Kevin Owens-Seth Rollins match next pay-per-view. what's going to happen next week. He's going to get screwed by Jericho. And And he's going to set up Jericho Reigns. Jericho Reigns at the at, uh, the, uh, Clash of Champions. I got no beef with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the way they I go. No, I, I, mean, I guess the, right now I have no beef with anyone working with Chris Jericho because Chris Jericho is just giving. Have you have gold. you seen his new? Speaking of shirts, have you seen the Jericho new shirt? No. It it says "Drink it in, man" <sighs> on the back, and then the gift of or on the front, and then the gift of Jericho. It's might be the best. Pretty good. Uh, can we talk about? Ever done. Can we talk about Chris Jericho having one of the funniest moments in the history well, of Raw? When, when he said, uh, "You're the longest, the longest, the longest reigning Universal, Universal, Universal Champion." I I stood up uh, from my couch and I I gave a standing I, ovation. No, at the time he wasn't vacant. Was still listed as longer than him on WWE. That's not an actual champion, and you're an it, asshole. Hey. You are an asshole. Tell, tell yeah. that to at WWE vacant. I, I don't care. <laughs> it's in a Twitter account, not a person. Yeah. Anyway, when uh, he, um, I literally was belly laughing. It I was, was laughing so, so hard. So glorious. It was so glorious. Chris Jericho is gold. And I, I almost wish he wouldn't have brought it back because I just wanted to, to live in the moment the one time. Right? I wanted to be the thing that happened the one time, and we all remember the time that Chris Jericho called Kevin Owens the longest reigning Universal Champion in history. No, but here's the thing: is that I like that. They keep doing it because that can be. I mean, we we all are in an agreement that Kevin Owens is probably going to have the title at least until Survivor Series. I don't know why they would do anything else. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So I'm thinking he's going to have it at least till the Royal Rumble, maybe all the way to Mania. Um, he is Kevin Owens, and, after and all. Exactly, he's Kevin Owens. So in that time frame, if every single day he comes out and calls himself the longest reigning universe. That's not bad. Yeah, you know what? You're right. If they do it, if they do it that way, that's a pretty good yeah. bit. That's a pretty good bit for him to just have, stick have with that. Have a clock on the bottom. You know, just get, get real. Oh. As, as it approaches the time when to lose it, he starts putting the clock at the bottom. I just, I don't, I really want to know who thought of it. You know, this, this is the nerdy part of me as like a writer and as a guy that's interested in these things. Like I, I gotta think that was Jericho's baby. That's the thing. If this, if Chris Jericho thought up that line before the show, I, I like just put him in the Hall of Fame today. 
today. Don't wait for him to retire. Put him in today because that is brilliant. It is brilliant performance. And I, I could not have asked for anything more. Look, those guys are obviously uh, amazing right now and performing at a level that I don't know that, again, with no disrespect to Seth Rollins, who's been great. Those guys are on a different planet at the moment. They're just, yeah. they're hitting on all cylinders. Jericho's work on the ring has been really great. Like, it seems like he's... Yeah, his match, the match with Jericho and Seth Rollins was dull. Yeah, it was. We, we sometimes forget just how good Chris Jericho is at facing someone who's smaller than him. Like, and he's gotten to do that the past few weeks in Neville. Well, that was the Shawn Michaels thing. Yeah. Like, his greatest was moment Shawn was... the Shawn Michaels thing. It's also, like... They always find a way to have him fight a smaller guy at a big pay-per-view like Mania. His Mania matches with CM Punk recently yeah. and his, his match with, with AJ Ray. Styles. With Ray. Oh, sure. Ray too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like no his, doubt. Match with, his match with AJ Styles, to me, you can say the Intercontinental title. You can say the Divas title match. You can say all those things. To me, the best match at Mania this past year was Jericho, AJ Styles. I mean, I'm. I don't necessarily agree with that. It was really good. It was a good match. It was really it was good. I mean, I. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I'd agree, but it was really, really good. It was really good, and he's been killing it, and so it's just a joy to watch those two perform right now. Um, as far as other things that happened on TV that mattered from this week, because I want to knock all those things out before we do our picks in segment number two, and we can go with both shows. Um, we'll stay on Raw to start, so we we have this, and we have a little bit more clarity, and I think that AJ is right. Ultimately, I think this does logically split off to have Roman Reigns, you know, face Chris Jericho. I do think there's... I, I don't like the idea... There's that work that, to be done. Yes. There's work to be done, and, and just as a person, I've never liked the... There idea, is! I've never liked the match oh, where shit. beat it's the champion so you get a shot at the champion. I've never liked that match, but it's probably going to end with a schmoz ending, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, the the big moment on Monday night, other than that, of course, was Sasha Banks and, and her return and her teasing this announcement. As it turns out, the announcement is... Good to go. Let's wrestle yep. again. We thought like she was gonna be out for a while. And did did, did you guys um when when she first sent the tweet? What was your first what was your first reaction? Did you think that it was actual bad I, news or? No, I didn't. I think it, yeah. I thought yeah. it was. Uh, I thought it was a work the whole time. But what I was saying is, so what happened to Sasha Banks anyway? It, it was some sort of a back issue. We don't know what it wasn't. At SummerSlam, it was you know like they were showing that one move. Apparently, it had happened you know somewhere before, and she was nursing it. They thought, I guess, they thought it was a lot worse than it was, and you know she got cleared. Oh, okay. Look, when I, I had not seen the tweet, so you got to keep that in mind. When they referenced it on the show, I said, "This doesn't make sense." Sasha Banks isn't announcing her retirement. You know what I mean? Like, what else is she going to come out and announce at this point? So, I I thought nothing of it. I'd, I thought worst case scenario that she would be saying, "I'll be gone for a few months, but I'll be back" or something. Yeah, like that. okay, I guess that could have been the case, sure. But um, I, I guess it's only odd that you you shove Bailey right into the, the sort of the championship picture. You give her a win over the champion, and now well, and that's the weird thing. Like it's one thing that if if you panicked, you know, you panicked, you brought her up because you thought Sasha was going to be, and then you know you kind of traced her. But they knew that Sasha was back, and then they gave her the win over Charlotte on Monday. That's very odd. Well, it's not really, but it's not if not if the whole plan is to work. Like the plan might be to work a segment with all three of them. And if that's the case, that's the case. I'm good with that. And, and it's, that it, it almost seems like it, it has would, to be the case. I right guess. Now. I guess it would be odd if you go from that to taking Bailey out of the picture. That if Bailey gets a win over the women's champion, and then she just says, "Oh no, but it's cool," you know, you you. And I guess 
for Bailey. It yeah, for Bailey, you sense. could do something with her character that way. Now that I think about it, there is a way that you could pull it off that like you could make it seem like Bailey would be fine. Oh no, I'm happy for you. You should get the title shot. You know what I mean? Like, I guess you could do that with Bailey. You could do things with Bailey that you can't do with other people. Um, but yeah, it, it would, would be, feel awkward, it would be though. odd to not to remove her like, from the they, picture. There's one. There's there's nice, there's Bailey nice, and then there is giving up a title shot that you yeah, rightfully earned. Yeah, that doesn't really seem to make a whole heck of a lot of sense. Um, but it was great to see Sasha Bank. You know what I mean? Like yep. oh, that we don't have to wait a month for. Great. Yeah, right? I'm not gonna complain about that. That's, that's the way it should be. What else? What else jumped out at you from Monday night? The New Day tried their best to save that segment. Yeah, that and was that, not they got a, bad a couple. Segment. They got a couple laughs, and they made it the best of what they can. But damn, was that all? It, it was a Vince segment. Built. Plain and simple, that was a Vince segment there, and it fell flat. Yeah, that's the type of thing that he thinks is funny. And I wanted, I guess because I like all the people involved, I wanted to give it more. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to try to. I, I did like to, the slow down New Day uh, music. There. That was the one part that I laughed about. But, yes, other than that, it was. It was brutal. I mean, no, the New Day's part was actually, they had a couple funny jokes. Yeah. Like just, just the tips was hilarious. Yeah. Just the and whole the whole thing was just so DOA, man. Like, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, but what I'm saying is that, like... We don't blame the New Day for it, yeah, but it was it was yeah. a bad segment. It was a yeah. bad segment. Yeah, that's the way it goes. And, again, uh, I, I still like all the people involved. It, it takes nothing away from the fact that I'm enjoying this program between the two of them. This one just didn't work, and I, I'm more than willing to give the club and the New Day a pass for one week that it didn't work. Yeah. I am, no, see, that's the thing. is That's why I'm saying what I'm saying, because... You don't have to give the New Day a pass. You just got to give the club a pass. Okay, fine. The that, New Day brought it. That's fine. I'm more than willing to give the club a pass. But I don't. The, the the club don't have the characters to be able to save something like that, right? Like, right. They they. This is what they've got to work with. Either it works or it doesn't. This right. did not work in any way. It wasn't funny. It wasn't. And and I hope that. I mean, I doubt this is the case, but they were kind of verging on, you know, making the New Day more com or not the New Day, uh, the club more comedy. And I feel like that's while they can do comedy, that's not really what well, they they're should. heels. They're supposed right. to be right heels. So like I, maybe, maybe after this they'll tone it back a little bit. I still I still like this because I, I, still... I like the old fart thing. I I've, I I don't like the fact that we didn't get Dana Brooke in a nurse's outfit this week. I would have liked to have gotten that again forever. Ring postitis <laughs> is very big. Right. There's things that I've liked, but yes, at the end of the day, they're heels. We're not supposed to be laughing with them. We're supposed to be angry at them. You know what I mean? That's the way it's supposed to work in pro wrestling. So yes, ideally. You maybe move them away from the comedy route and move them back to being, you know, badasses that are yeah. supposed to be a threat to the New Day is the concept, I think, behind all of this. Um, a couple squash matches, not a... Yeah. Bo getting the squash match was interesting. I did. Yeah, that was dope. That was weird. I don't... Yeah, look, look. The only thing I can think of is I know he's... It might honestly been them thinking okay we need to reintroduce this guy because we have him doing a high profile match on this overseas tour he's facing okay. uh the the chinese wrestler well, it, that they signed if it involves more bow uh yeah yes, I'm not sign me up about Bo. right correct i, I loved i loved the bow kind of election sign that oh it was wonderful oh, are you kidding it was wonderful all right let's touch on some stuff from smackdown tag, then tag uh picture yeah we've got we've got the the finals and we've got the setup well we for, don't have the no finals. we don't have the finals oh they, are, are they out now Yes. Yeah, they're injured. Okay. So, so it's it's American Alpha is out because Chad Gable has a they, they didn't say toward a strained MCL okay. or whatever it was, and it's going to be a uh, Hype Bros versus Usos to either on the pre-show or to to start the show, and the winner gets uh, Heath and Ryan. Well, that makes sense. You have the Usos win that match, and, and then, then you Jordan have the Usos and win then. The well, oh it, no! I I, th I still yes, think Heath and Rhino belt. are winning no, the belts. You, I think you have the Usos win that belt. The belts. Because the whole point is that they're the new top heels. 
Yeah, I, I, I get that concept. I, I get that. I just think you at this point you have to have Heath and Rhino win. I, you know what? I would. I don't, I don't think, think you have, have to. to. Yeah, you don't. You don't, I don't have, have to. to. I, I th- you're right. You don't absolutely have to, but you know. It yeah, makes no, sense. I understand what you're saying. In storyline, you set it up that the only way he gets a contract is if he wins. But right. it's pro wrestling. It's pro wrestling. You know what I mean? Like he can get a contract, and again, you kind of like Heath Slater even more if he's still being struggling. the guy that's, that's wrestling without a contract. You know what I mean? Like I think that his chase is becoming a compelling storyline. So. Do you want to abandon it now? I think there's an argument for what AJ's saying, which is the better storyline is you have the Usos win. And, and then you go American Alpha right in there. You have American Alpha go not, right in there. Not, maybe not even right in there. Maybe you have somebody else, and then you have American Alpha. Go I mean, they, the they've said they've months. already said like two to three weeks for Gable. So. No, they're setting that up for yeah, them to so get back they, in. Pretty yeah. much. You know, the other way you could go is you just said you have Jordan cost the Usos. You, you go a reverse. Right, situation. that's the other way that you can go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Then you, you have them food. You have Ethan. I think I like AJ's idea better. I can't believe I'm saying that. I, my skin's beginning to burn. But I think I like AJ's idea better. I think I like it better if you have the use. Or, you know, you title. just have the hypers win it all. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. No, I don't I don't think it really makes a ton of sense to ever have Heath Slater and Rhino be your tag team champions. It, it, especially the inaugural. That was right. always the one thing that felt a little weird to me is that you're kind of almost setting it up that, not that it's a joke, because they've done, they did a good job this week, I thought, right. of, of keeping Heath as a, as a fun character. But, like, that match was a real match. Like, yes. if it wasn't a comedy bit, like, Rhino gives him so much credibility. And I think that ultimately you could maybe have this turn into, like, all right, we're going to give you one more chance. You face Rhino. Rhino turns on him. You face Rhino for a time. You can still get a contract, something along those lines. I think you can extend this, keep Heath in a good place. People are into it. I think this can still work. even if, And I and I kind of like the idea of the Usos winning the tag belts better, particularly if you're really going down this road with Emma's heels. I like that a lot. I mean, they clearly are. Yeah. And they yes. are. And they should. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, this is good for them. I, I agree. Yeah. They're stale. Absolutely. They should be doing this. No doubt. A um, little bit weird that all of a sudden one day you woke up and said, hey, by the way, Carmella's a heel now. We don't really know what we're doing with well, her. So, two, you know, two weeks ago they did it. I, it's just really weird that they're trying. Like, we don't, we still have learned nothing. So I, I just feel like you're in this place where you've tried to introduce all of these women at the same time. And what, unfortunately, you've ended up doing is you haven't really introduced any of them. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, we're, we still don't really know exactly what Alexa Bliss and Carmella bring to the table because you've just done the same thing every time you've had the women out there. Here's all of the women at once instead of working on introducing them and giving them background and why would we like Carmella? Why wouldn't we like Carmella? Why would, you know what I mean? Like, there's just a lot of that. And particularly considering they weren't Bailey and they weren't Charlotte and they weren't Sasha and they weren't Becky. They weren't people that were so important to NXT that, that the casuals know that. Correct. Yes. So I think with those two in particular. Yeah, but I think I think this is going to be the only problem is I think that this is because this is going to be their first pay per view that they kind of already had the plan of doing all the divas in the match at the pay per view right. for the title. Right. right. But, but so they, they, in the process, they're just trying to make sure every divas in those segments. And that's what. It, and then. And then once there's a champ, and then they can build storylines out of what happens in sure. the match, like they yeah. usually sure. do. That, yeah. Then you can work on whatever. And comes and, out. and you know the quick turnaround after SummerSlam hurt it. But also the problem is you were you were, were kind of already doing this. Like since right. SmackDown has split, exactly. you've done nothing other than here is all of the women in one match, or here is Eva Marie. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Like that's that the, the only Eva things Marie that you've done. And yes, that hurt them clearly because they had right. a plan for that and it didn't work out. But I just find myself sort of not knowing. Why do I care about Alexa Bliss? Why do I care about? And I just don't know that they've done a great job of telling that story. Anything else we need to talk about from SmackDown before we get into our picks? Uh, 
Uh, well, if we do, we'll get to I, it in our picks. I, yeah, Bray right. Wyatt's, I love Bray Wyatt's like build up and his promos leading up into this. This it's almost one of those things where like Randy Orton just got his ass kicked by Brock Lesnar, so you would think that he has to win this match. But I feel like he's going. Bray Wyatt's going to win. You know, it's just. Well, we'll, I, we'll I feel like you probably could have stopped it. I love Bray, Bray Wyatt. Wyatt. <laughs> I feel like you could have just. Well, we, we, we've been saying we've been saying right. Bray Wyatt should win this match for yeah, no two years now. So. And, then, and then and then there was Kane again this week. First, just here he is. Hi everybody, I'm Kane. I, I, I cheered though. I did like the go big, the go big red. I was like, why? Why they're talking about yeah, right. he goes, I'm like that doesn't make sense. Uh, start cheering go big red. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. I don't know if they planned for that. I'm good. But that works. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. All right, when we come back in, we will make our picks for Backlash on Sunday night. We will do that next. It's jobbing out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster, and that's... The main event. A.J. Francis. Hi, I'm Marietta English, president of the Baltimore Teachers Union. I would like to welcome all teachers, paraprofessionals, and school-related personnel back to school. We want to welcome all the new educators to the Baltimore City Public School System. This promises to be an exciting but challenging new year. We will have a new CEO who will bring new ideas, goals, and expectations for staff, students, and the community. We look forward to working with her. Following the general election, we will have a new president and mayor. We are excited about this election. Please be sure that you are registered to vote. But not only register, be sure to vote. You can register online. Or you can visit us at 4701 Mount Hope Drive, Suite A, our temporary location. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. I wish everyone a successful school year. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jake the Snake Smith from Baltimore Boxing. Our next event is Fight for Vince. It's Thursday, September 15th at Michael's 8th Avenue in Glen Burnie, Maryland. You are going to love this event. We are trying to fight for Vince because he just had triple bypass surgery, and he has been one of my trainers for 15 years. And his son is a very good fighter, Joey Veezy. And also, we're going to have an action-packed night with two main events. Ticket prices are $35 for reserved seats, $50 VIP seats, and with the VIP seat, you get free food for an hour in the VIP section at Michael's 8th Avenue. It's going to be a great night of fights, and you do not want to miss it. To get your tickets, please go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. That's BaltimoreBoxing.com. Or you can come down to the legendary Baltimore Boxing Club in Fells Point and grab your tickets in person. And ladies and gentlemen, you do not want to miss these ring card girls. They are beautiful this time. Sponsored by Fleetwood Bail Bonds. Thank you, Bernie. An old, and I do mean old, familiar voice is back. Stan the Fan with the bat around every Saturday, along with Adam Gladstone, will look to entertain, inform, and educate our listeners right here on PressBoxOnline.com. Click on the Listen Live button to hear the bat around every Saturday, 10 to 12. Stan the Fan and Adam Gladstone Real baseball talk is back. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash StanTheFan to hear the bat around every Saturday from 10 to 12. Back in here, segment number two. It is jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and of course... The main event. A 
DJ Francis. And now there's a, by the way, don't forget Jim Ross will join us next segment. Looking forward to that. Always appreciate the opportunity to catch up with the good old JR. Good old JR. The Hall of Famer. Have you, like, have you tried the sauce at any point? You are Mr. Fat Guy Friendly. Yes, I have. Uh, I have tried the sauce and the beef jerky. Ooh. Um, Ooh. He has a couple flavors of beef jerky. I really only eat beef jerky during training camp, but uh, I have had it. He has the teriyaki flavors really good. The championship flavor is my favorite. I, I should have um, known better than to even ask this question. Of course. Of course AJ's tried everything there is to offer. By the way, you know what I found out on on set on Sunday? I was looking for something that I could take, something cheap I could take to a fantasy draft because like I already chipped in money. They had ordered like pizza and Chick-fil-A and the whole thing, but you know, you just want to bring aside, yeah. You want to bring something, right? Yeah. And I was coming from another draft. You know you can get a box of oatmeal cream pies for just 2 bucks. Yep. I don't I don't care how you judge me. Oatmeal cream pies are fucking amazing. They I'm are wrong with them. still a delicious treat at this point. I bought 10 boxes. <laughs> That's I a little excessive. Well, I just brought them over. There's like 20 dudes there. I just, you know, here, here's 20 my... person draft. Well, I mean, like, there's not 20, but there was like 14. Okay. I mean, well, I was, I was curious if you did a 20 person draft. Oh, yeah, that would be pretty impressive. That would have sucked, actually. Um, it's too much. It's just too None much. None of you bastards invited me to your fantasy league. Oh, do you want to do something with like, I might have something for us. You know what? I should say this for off the air. Because I okay. might have like a business opportunity for us. I like involving business. Involving fantasy football. I like business. Actually, I might have something. Okay. I'm all about a check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I We'll talk about that in a minute. But I think I've got something for us that would involve us doing. Damn it. We should have talked about this. I tell you what. We'll talk about it in the next segment. And then we'll decide if we're doing it. And then we'll talk about it more in the third segment. All right? Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Very good. Meantime, let's pick this week's pay-per-view. It is backlash. It is Sunday night in Richmond. Aaron tried talking me into going down there. I just unfortunately have to deal with the Ravens on Sunday, so it is not not a viable option for me. But um, I'll be watching. I might be able to go. Really? Might. Look might. at you all of a sudden. Raw backlash. It's all dependent on. Right, right we, we know, yes. <laughs> But I'm assuming if I haven't been picked up by Friday that I'm good for the weekend. So I might go. I've already asked Dean about tickets for Sunday, but yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out. All right. Can Talk I just, to me. By the way, can, can I just say this? I know you can, I know you have to say this the right way, but, bro, real talk. How bitter will you be when you get that call and it's your agent? You're like, dude, good news. You're back in the, you're back in the mix. And you're like, great. And they're like, Yep, tomorrow morning, need you to report to Cleveland. Black <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> right. yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm going where the check's going. No, yeah, no, when we all kinda, would. It's kind of weird to me. Like, it almost happened yesterday. I almost went to Chicago yesterday. Okay. And they ended up signing a tight end or something instead. But um, I went to, uh, like, I got a call from a guy at the Bears at, like, 10 a.m. was like, yeah, you know, you might need to be ready by like four to fly out here. I'm like, okay, <laughs> right? Like, I might. Yeah, sure. Tell me that. Tell, <laughs> tell me when you need me to fly, and I'll get on a right. plane, bro. <laughs> ner- ner- nerdy football question, but I, I'm I couldn't figure this one out. Are you still practice squad eligible? Yeah, I am okay. technically. Okay. Well, because they have the new veteran uh, practice squad. Right. Spot. They got like the two spots for. So I can get one of those two spots because I am vested. I have. Dude, I have three years of being active for at least three games, so right. I'm vested. Bro, all that, it, all that matters is getting that pension. You yep. just yeah. gotta get it. I yep. got my pension, so. Yeah, you're good. I'm trying man. to grow my pension. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get sure. a little bit more than that. Sure. I really, to be honest with you, I'd be perfectly okay being on practice squad this year, except for three games and being. You get, right. Yeah, right. Okay. You add yeah, one more year to that pension, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so smart. 
All right, let's do this. Let's make some picks. Backlash Sunday night, uh, 8 o'clock. Of course, there'll be the kickoff show on the WWE Network, which I believe is available for 14.07 a month, yep. I think is the number. Yen. Uh, oh, it's yen. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know how that translates. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's go through it. Aaron, where do we start? Oh, do we have, are we doing bets for everyone still? Because it's every two weeks, especially since we haven't paid off the last one, I'd say let's forego it for this one or and just do or it for the next one. This? How about this? Okay. How about this? I got an idea. All right. So all three of us are supposed to take these shots, right? Yes. How about whoever wins gets if out of it? One clear winner gets out. I'm good with that. If one, if there's one person who definitely wins, like there's no, you know, debate about, like if one person definitely wins. Are you going to be watching the show live, Glenn? No, I won't. Are you kidding? Do you know anything about me? I don't watch anything just, live. No, but I was just saying because if you're not watching the show live, if you're watching the show live, then we could all make picks on the fly if they put. Oh, if they change things around. I tell you what, if they change here's, something. And, and here's the problem: is they're changing stuff, and they're going to add like two or three more matches. But this, this I know. I'm, I'm just like I'm just like it's big, but we just got to factor all this in. Okay, so here's what I say. If they add matches between now and Sunday, we can post something on our Twitter account. We do need to get more active on our Twitter account. Yeah, we do. So we can post something on Twitter announcing what our picks are. You know, you got you got a phone, Aaron. If they announce something, you can text both of us, and we'll make our picks. And then you can announce that on Twitter. And then if they change something like midway through the card, you can text me about that. Okay? Like if if there's a change and it affects our picks, text me. During the during the show, and I'll text you back. All right, are we good with that? All right, all right, sounds good. All right, so yes, if there's a clear winner, clear winner, not a tie. If it's a tie, no. then yes. no. If there's a clear winner, they're out. They're out. They don't have to do the power hour for uh, the. Oh, we could also do the black, uh, the, um, the black, the baseball thing where tie goes to the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was a baseball thing. Wow. I had no idea. Well, that that's, I mean, let's uh, be where, where does that rule? Well, uh, let's I, be honest. If yeah. I had to pick the top fa- top ten fastest guys in the major league, oh, Trey, all, Tur- yeah. Trey Turner. Well, he is pretty fast. Trey Turner might be the but, fastest guy I, in major. But we would also how many of those guys are going to be. Broke? Well, yes. <laughs> AJ, are there really ten black players in major league baseball? <laughs> Quality argument. <laughs> um, I, there, oh man, you know what? I, I don't want to go down this road, but there, I, I heard somebody talking about uh, John. Did you see, hear the thing with John Tortorella? He's like, if yeah, yeah, you know, if, if, any, if, if my guys sit down there, they're sitting there in the, yeah. the game, right? Which somebody said, which you can say because he doesn't ever have to worry about a black person right. being on the team trying to protest anything during the course of the anthem. And yeah. I because I, he's I, hockey. If you didn't realize, right? That. I, yeah, but what's fo- what's so funny to me is. Uh, is that within the last, I don't know, two weeks, now Colin Kaepernick has the highest selling jersey in the yeah. league. Well, bro, I think there's a lot of people that support what Colin Kaepernick yeah. has yeah. to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think Absolute. that's. I'm I, one of them. Yeah, I think the beauty of our country is like, this has been an excellent practice in democracy in the last couple of weeks, right? Like, I, I get it. If you're loudly, you know, being an asshole, you're loudly being an asshole and you're just an asshole. But like, we're we're seeing the way that this works. You know what I mean? Like you're allowed to have an opinion, and that's that's a good thing. Except for when AJ tells me I'm not allowed to have an opinion about how they handle things on Raw. No, your opinions the... are just terrible. Sometimes. <laughs> that's democracy, asshole. That's the way it it's works. Okay, it's what the flag stands for. Yeah. It's the, <laughs> the ability to have, to have asshole opinions. I get to have wrong opinions. That's the way it goes. All right, let's make some damn picks. I don't know how we just got on that little uh, trip there, but let's make some picks. What's first? Uh, what's first? Well, let's go with the, um, the I guess, the pseudo semifinals of the tag tour, and we get the Usos uh, against the Hype Bros. It pains me. It what, pains me. What order? Or, 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 yeah, AJ goes first. first. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I didn't know. Okay, 
Yeah. Is this your first time here? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And then I go first on the second pick, and then you go first on the yes. third pick. Yes. This is the way it works. Okay. We if we this have a guest, the guest goes first. This is how we usually do it. I mean, just the past. Like, you know, at the end, like, AJ does the jamming thing. Like, you understand this is, it's called jobbing out. It's a <laughs> podcast. Is did. it? Yeah. Do you know Brent, by the way? <laughs> Brent? Brent, Brent Grimes, you mean? Whose <laughs> house I'm in? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so my first pick, it pains me to do this to my buddy, Dino, but I'm going to have to go with the Usos. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm all in on the scenario that you painted in the first segment, so I'm I'm with you. The Usos win this, and we'll get to the other one later. Yeah. Okay, good. We're all in agreement. <laughs> By the way, they, solid analysis, Aaron. I mean, <laughs> they we, don't call we, you the best color analyst in baseball for nothing. Right. Went, went to broadcasting school over yeah. the off season. That's that's wrestling expert Aaron Oster who said, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I will say this. If they if the aren't putting. Win, if they, the eyebrows are winning the belt. If they aren't putting the belt on the Usos, it wouldn't be a horrendous move to get, you know, you have Jordan cost them during that match. You have the Hypros, you get Mojo with kind of the pseudo hometown pop there. He is from Virginia. And then you have, they lend themselves to a little bit more of a fun match against T. But then again, we just saw that match on SmackDown, and they seem to be kind of planning, you know, that's why they didn't have the match between uh, the Usos and American Alpha. They didn't really have a match there because they knew, hey, we're going to do this feud in the future, which I thought was a great move. So, But, yes, most likely the Usos are winning this match. There is a scenario I could see where the Hypros win it. Um. Okay, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. But I just think it makes more sense. No, it, yes. yes, it makes much more sense. And that's okay. why I didn't give much analysis. So do you want to just, just handle, what, how, do, what, how do you want to do this? Do we want to wait until Sunday? Or do we no, no, to... no, we'll, we'll pick it here. If we're so we're in... saying right now we have to decide who's walking out with the title, the title, the tag yes. title belt. So why don't we do that now then? Since we're that's on what Sunday. I was going to. Oh, well, great. So do that then. The next match <laughs> would be the winner of said match, which we all expect to be the Usos, against Heath Slater and Rhino. Uh, I... No, I get to make the pick first. God, don't you yeah. ever listen, you listen to the show? show? Come on. You know how this works? God. <laughs> you the, we got we got this one guy. He's a football player. He calls himself the main event. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going with the Usos. I'm with I'm on board with AJ on this one. It makes way more sense. The Usos are a very logical first tag champ to have on SmackDown. It's a good, solid heel. Um, I, I like it. And, I, again, I'm all in on the Usos' as heels because I was not in on the Usos as much of anything a week ago. A week ago, I was sort of like, yeah, they're still there, and I get it. The entrance is still cool, and people are still into that, but I just wasn't feeling it. I'm feeling it coming out of Monday night. I think they did a really it's, – it's such a small thing. They didn't do anything crazy. They didn't do anything. This is an old wrestling technique. And, by the way, old wrestling techniques sometimes still work. And, and this is something I really wanted to praise for a second. And they've been going to the well pretty much for the past four weeks or so, and it's been brilliant. Like, they've done nothing fancy at all. Everything has been, been a pretty, wrestling show. pretty basic, by the book, yeah. but just well executed. I and like and I, I really enjoy what they're doing on SmackDown right now. Usos walk out as tag champs. Aaron? Uh, I'm still leaning towards Heath and Rhino. Uh, everything you guys says make perfect sense as far as the Usos. I just... Especially with the way they lost and lost so quickly, it would then feel weird for them to then, you know, get the shot back. And great, that's a heel move because then you kind of, you know, wiggled your way back into the title picture. But just something about it, plus the fact that I think that it's a genuine feel-good moment. As weird as it is to say, it's a feel-good moment if Heath and Rhino win the belts, and I think that they want that on this show. So right now, I'm uh, going Heath and Rhino. All right. Yeah, so uh, Aaron, don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, mainly because you're an idiot, but mostly because it just makes so much sense. If you're, if your plan is to turn the Usos, who have been a face for literally their entire career, 
if I'm not mistaken? They came in as heels. Well, since they've mattered, they've been faces. And uh, they are now trying to establish them as the top heel on SmackDown. And it looks good when you have a face chasing a heel. And it's either going to be American Alpha, and it could be American Alpha, and then someone else gets interjected in to give the Usos a longer reign to be able to do something good before you put it on American Alpha. But I'm going to go with the Usos to win the tag team titles. Yeah, that's what I – I mean, I'm with you. I just – I think it's the most logical thing that you can do here. And again, I hear what you're saying about that special moment, but I still think you can have it with Heath. And I think that people are into Heath right now, and if you push it just a little bit longer, you can still get a payoff there that doesn't have to involve the tag yeah, titles. I can see it going either way. Like, it both make, I think, equal sense. I just It feels with the way that it's played out thus far, especially with this quick squash match. You know, like I said, that is a heel move to get back in, but at the same time it feels weird that they get, literally, they lose in... 20 seconds and then win the title a few days later. All right, what's next? All right, next we got uh, Intercontinental title match, Miz and Ziggler. That's you, yeah. Yes, and uh, I'm going, I I think they got something, I don't know if I'd call it special yet with the Miz, but it's on the verge of becoming something special with the Miz, and it would just be foolish to take the belt off of him right now. Uh, I could see a situation in which you make, you get the belt on Ziggler to, to keep the feud going, if that was your intention, mm-hmm. and then get the belt back on Miz in a month or two months or whenever the next pay-per-view is. But I'm going to have to go with the Miz in this one, too. You know, I, I kind of like the idea of these guys working together for a little while. Um, I don't think what, with SmackDown right now you have so many places for the Miz to go that you have to rush him out of this feud, and I think these two guys working with each other is a good thing. So I wouldn't hate the scenario where Dolph Ziggler gets the belt and then the Miz. I know you always want to have your, your face chasing, but I think there's something really unique when you have one guy that's hot and maybe having the guy that's hot chase for a little bit isn't a terrible idea. Um, all that being said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be the one to pick it. Um, I'll stick with the Miz as well. But I, I will not be – this isn't the type of thing where if they come out of it and they give it to Ziggler, I'm going to say that was the wrong decision. I think that these guys working with each other for a while could be a very good thing for SmackDown. I think it's the type of thing you could keep tuning in for week in and week out. And so I, I would not be unhappy at all if they ended up going the other way. Yeah. Next. Uh, next, we got the six-pack challenge for the, I guess it's called the SmackDown women's title. They're not yeah, doing anything fancy with that. I bet they do a little bit more to, to try to align those things in the future. I bet you could see, like, the, becoming the Raw tag team titles and the SmackDown tag team titles because it's kind of like silly – the, the notion that we identify it as anything else is a little bit silly, right? right. Like, that's what it is now. Yes. It's not the world heavyweight championship. It's not the universal championship. Yeah, it's the championship of the guys that are on one show. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's who's allowed to have it. So I could see them trying to point in that direction a little bit more and more in the coming weeks. But, yes. But, uh, AJ? Um, I want to pick Alexa Bliss so bad. So bad. Are you, be, are you hot on Alexa be... Bliss? I didn't know that. Wait, well, Alexa Bliss is not. Well, yeah, fair. Yeah, <laughs> Come on. Fair. All right, that's all right, funny. I hear you. But she's fantastic in the ring. Her, her, her stick, her gimmick works perfectly for her. Um, she does a lot of cool moves that nobody else does. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Becky Lynch. I mean, it's the log- it's the safe choice, right? To yeah. go with Becky, like, I mean, she is the face of the women's division on SmackDown. She's the face that runs the place on, right, right. on SmackDown. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really down to Naomi and Natalia right now. Like, I think it's time for one of the two of them to get a title run. And I, I think of the two, 
I'm leaning towards Natalia. I think Natalia is the logical again. Now this, if they're gonna give it to the, the the tag belts to the Usos as heels, then you have a little bit of a danger of giving the women's belt to Natalia as a heel as well. But I think right now, think these two have really worked their asses off, and I think that there's almost a level of saying we can reward you in this way, and it's logical. And I think Natalia in particular, who appears to be the 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 top heel. On um, the SmackDown side for the women, I think that Natalia is the most logical. I think Naomi's the oddball choice because it seems like they always want to push Naomi. They just don't know how to do it. And the one thing you could do to push Naomi is to give her the, the belt. That would be the one way that you could give her a credible push. I just don't know that they have a plan there. I think that they just sort of, sort of fly off the seat of their pants with Naomi. I'm going to go with Natalia as the women's champion. Yeah, I, I think Naomi is, is my wild card in this one. I, I don't have her winning, but if there was going to be kind of one of the, the lesser, it would be Naomi. It feels almost right right now. You know, they, they've gotten mm-hmm. her. I don't know if I say hot again, no, but, but they've done you know. something with her. They're showing that they're invested in her in some way. Right. Exactly. So, so that feels right. Natalia just doesn't feel right for Natalia. I, I think that she'd be my, almost my bottom choice out of all. No, no, I, I'd have her over Alexa. You're nuts. But, um, but I can't believe we're not talking about Nikki Bella at all when Nikki Bella is involved. Yeah, but, she's, she's the one that's back. But, um, I, I think I'm going with AJ just because right now with the uncertainty of what they're going to do with Eva Marie when she comes back with just kind of, it seems like, I don't even know if they necessarily have a plan. That Becky is the safe choice. You can do a lot with it, you know, once you put the well, There's title no doubt on that Becky is the safe choice. Yeah. I just, it, it's always better to have someone chase. I, I don't disagree with you at all. I just. And you can make the argument that, that Becky's been chasing going back to. Yeah, you I know, mean, Becky's been chasing the, going the brand split. Since January. You they're sort the of making it seem like nothing existed before the brand split when it comes to, to, to this division. You know what I mean? Like that this only started when the brand split happened. And in that way, I think that if you have Natalia and Becky yeah. as your top program for a little while, I think that's a good thing with Becky ultimately going over. I just, I just feel like we, you know, we just had that program. That, that's the only problem with we, that. We kind of did. We didn't have it for a belt. We didn't have it for a belt, but we had it for two pay-per-views, I think, in a Right. Around. But again, there's, I, I know it's, it's different. It's different. But, um, I, I just think, you know, especially with so many women that they wouldn't want to necessarily go right back to that well. Okay. Um, Carmel is an interesting one, just because again she has picked up the the win the past two weeks. But uh, I'm going with Becky. All right, very good. Next one, uh, Randy Orton Bray Wyatt. Ooh, ooh. Uh, all right, so I start with this. You know what AJ said earlier is a little bit interesting, right? Where you know here you have Randy Orton coming off this loss to Brock Lesnar, and and he's the guy that that should need to get his heat back. But Bray, you know didn't get a match at SummerSlam. So Bray might need the heat a little bit more. And if you look at, you know, who's the guy that's that's closest to being able to being put into the main event picture again, like Bray's the guy that I think you're rooting for to get there. Of course, you can always throw Randy Orton back into the main event picture. Right, I mean, that's, you're that's, saying, I mean, saying Br- Randy, Randy Orton's not close right, to the main Randy event Orton, picture. Randy Orton, good right. God. I don't know, this is tough for me. I'm going to go with Bray. I'm going to go with Bray. I think that he could really use something like this. And if you are trying to elevate him somewhere, this is a big move. Of course, we've said this about Bray and, and 50 that's, times that's in the, last the problem. Years. Is like the past year, he could have used a big win. No doubt. He didn't get one. No doubt. Um, boy. Just because they do, they need to create more main adventures right now on SmackDown. That's the, like, SmackDown has the depth, but it doesn't necessarily have the star power. Like, they need to well, start. Yes. They need well, not to, with John Cena. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Not with John Cena gone. 
uh, they need to figure out a ways to elevate guys. Orton, Orton is Orton. That's the thing. They yeah, don't, he's kind of bulletproof. No, nothing. You don't need to do anything with Orton. So I'm going with Wyatt for that reason. But as you said, we've said this over and over again, and you know it just doesn't happen. No doubt. AJ. Uh, I want to. This is one of the things I've, I'm going to say, Bray, but I'm willing to admit now, live on air, that I think this match is going to be. If I lose, it'll be because Randy Orton won this match. Considering we all pick Bray, it won't be while you lost. Yes. but <laughs> it could be one of those things where if you would I mean, switch I, here. When yeah. I said when I lose, I meant if I. If you had just been willing to call it the other way, then you might have yes. won. Right. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, it's tough. This one's a really tough one because they're both guys that could use the heat. They're maybe guys that could use a non-finish and, and sort of dancing with, other, with, with each other and building towards. When's the next? Is there not another combined pay-per-view until the Rumble? Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Yes. Boy, it seems like hell and, and and really the... in a they're, they're trying to create that as a big weekend. Again, they're doing the takeover in Toronto right. the day before. Like they're, they're trying to establish, and it seems like what they might be doing, but this is a complete tangent here, but, uh, setting up where all takeovers are, you know, correspond with pay-per-views and just trying to make those all big wrestling weekends, which yeah. is an interesting way to go. I think it's the, the thing is, I think that's what they have to do in today's wrestling times. I really think that what they have to sell now is that we have so many guys and we have so many, like we have two different main brands and we have another brand and every brand is full of guys that can go like in the ring and have great personalities. Right. And if you make it so four times a year before Survivor Series, before SummerSlam, before the Rumble and before Mania, there's big weekends each one of those is a big weekend it's even kind throw of, money in the bank in there yeah i think yeah that could be that could be the way that you change it so yeah we only got a million something subscribers on the network uh but and we only got you know we have 19 pay-per-views or whatever but because we're making it so that every pay-per-view you go to is a must see or every pay-per-view event major event is a must go to that's how you change the game and make it so that you can like they can get even more subscribers cuz I, I my big we had predictions for 2016 my prediction is by 2020 i think the nfl uh, the nfl the wwe network will have 3 million subscribers by when 2020 it's a big number that's, That's a, a huge really number. big number i think that i think that i think the cord cutting in general is the bigger question there right like i think if if the trend of cord cutting continues, I think what people are finding right now is that what worked for cord cutting isn't working anymore yeah. because now they start doing the math and they say, well, I want the WWE and I want the NFL and I want this and I want that. And all of a sudden they realize it's costing them more than cable did. Right. And so, I mean, and, and you're basically saying that more people are going to have the network than watch Raw on a weekly basis. Yeah, I think that we're in a... Because there's so much. There's so much. Right. There's so much content is what he's saying. It's, it's, I mean, and you can tell they're, they're trying to court the people who aren't watching it now by, and we'll get to this a little later, all the stuff that they just recently released, you know, yeah. uncovering the old stuff. But, uh, yeah, all that's fascinating. At the end of the day, we had to pick a match. So <laughs> we did. We all picked it the same way. We all went with Bray Wyatt. Yep. Next. One more match. We got the title on the line. Are we already there? Boy, is that? It's God. six. Yeah, it's six. All right. Yeah. Uh, which means, you know, there's going to be a couple more. Yeah, they'll throw in. Yes, they'll, they'll throw in something with Kane. They'll throw in. Sure. Who knows what else? I don't know what it is. That's the funny part. 
All right, uh, title match. Vaude villains face somebody just to get them on the card or whatever. Uh, AJ and Dean, boy, I've been going back and forth on this one all week. Um, You know, it's really funny you say that because I wasn't, and now all of a sudden today I am. Yeah, well, more like yesterday, starting yesterday. I was was leaning towards AJ. You know, AJ got the final blow, and Dean actually I thought came off quite well on SmackDown, which I thought he had been a little bit shaky in uh, weeks prior. It's really, I've just been going back and forth because I think that... I think AJ, you know, especially when we're talking about a time where SmackDown needs to carry WWE for the next three months because of NFL. You know, Raw's going up against NFL. SmackDown's going against something. AJ could add that juice. But, man, uh, I'm going to go I think AJ, AJ Francis but... is adding some, drinking some juice right now. I know. What was seriously. that? I was yawned. Oh, okay. Oh, that was a weird yawn. It was a weird yawn. Also, it's not a good sign for Aaron that uh, AJ's yawning during your analysis. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah, right. God. So who's your pick? I, I'm I'm going Styles. Okay, I like it. I like it. Uh, AJ, my pick is the only pick. It's the right pick. It's Dean Ambrose. Okay, why? Well, mainly because uh, I feel as if John Cena is going to be gone for at least another month, and I think the best way, the best thing for SmackDown right now is an AJ Styles Dean Ambrose feud in the main event, and I think that. If you can have Dean win here, but you, like you guys like to say, they got some work to do. They do some work to make so that AJ gets another shot like they did with Roman um, when it was Roman versus AJ. And they get him another shot at the next pay-per-view, and I think he could win it there. And then John Cena comes back, and then you have him defend against John Cena, and he beats John Cena. So I I feel like that's logical. It would make sense because he's wearing the armband still, and I think that that's the way that you go with that that whole feud. Well, you're a thousand percent right. They they they're, they're clearly not abandoning AJ Styles, John Cena. There's no doubt right. about that. And I have no problem with that because the match at SummerSlam is unbelievable. Yeah, well, it was maybe you know it was the best match the at SummerSlam match. easily. Yeah, well, yeah, no doubt. Um, I I honestly until today thought I was going to go with AJ Styles, but I just picked a heel tag team champ and a heel women's champ, so I can't pick another heel, and so I'm going to go Dean Ambrose. And the other thing about that, too, is that, again, I, it was such a quick build to this one that I almost feel like a lot of things stay the same. When is their next pay-per-view after this? Uh, it's in October. Sometime. I don't know. I think it's. It, I think it's about a month. It's about now. a month, right? Yes. And so I don't. It's not forced. If you have to do it for another month, you can make it work. I, I think that it makes the most sense to have these two sort of stay together. Um, and I think that you can have some sort of wacky. Like, would it stun you if John Cena was involved on Sunday night? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the story is with him. And, I'd be a little surprised, but no, it wouldn't stun me. I mean, remember, John Cena is never leaving, right? Like, that's what he told AJ right. Styles. I'm, I'm not going anywhere, ever. Everybody always, always asks me when I I'm I do it leaving. for the fans. Right. So would it stun you at all for him to say, hey, I'm here. Still, I showed up for the pay-per-view. So I, I think these two continue with, to work together. With, with Dean's character, would it shock you to see Dean get DQ'd? No, they've, nope. they've laid the groundwork that he could do that. Yeah, yeah. And that would be one way that he keeps the title and they have another yeah. match. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so there you go. Those are our picks for uh, Backlash on Sunday night. And if uh, there are more matches added, we will announce our picks on Sunday on uh, Twitter, at Jobbing Out Show. We come back in. The Hall of Famer himself, good old JR, Jim Ross, joins us next before he heads back to our area. I'm Glenn, that's Aaron, and that's... The main event. AJ Francis, and this is Jobbing Out.
Hi, Ken Zales here, KZ, from the Pressbox Fantasy Reality Football Show, which you can hear right here on Pressbox Radio every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. till noon. Myself, Sarita, the NFL chick, KO, keeping us on the air. It's called The Football Show. We talk all things football, high school football, college football, NFL football. Of course, we lean a little bit towards the Ravens, but we'll also talk Baltimore sports and all sports in general. Join us every Sunday, 10 a.m. to noon on the Pressbox Fantasy and Reality Football Show. The Pressbox Fantasy and Reality Football Show, Sunday mornings, 10 to noon. Pressboxonline.com slash fantasy. Hi, I'm Marietta English, president of the Baltimore Teachers Union. I would like to welcome all teachers, paraprofessionals, and school-related personnel back to school. We want to welcome all the new educators to the Baltimore City Public School System. This promises to be an exciting but challenging new year. We will have a new CEO who will bring new ideas, goals, and expectations for staff, students, and the community. We look forward to working with her. Following the general election, we will have a new president and mayor. We are excited about this election. Please be sure that you are registered to vote. But not only register, be sure to vote. You can register online or you can visit us at 4701 Mount Hope Drive, Suite A. Our temporary location. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. I wish everyone a successful school year. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jake the Snake Smith from Baltimore Boxing. Our next event is Fight for Vince. It's Thursday, September 15th at Michael's 8th Avenue in Glen Burnie, Maryland. You are going to love this event. We are trying to fight for Vince because he just had triple bypass surgery and he has been one of my trainers for 15 years. And his son is a very good fighter, Joey Veezy. And also, we're going to have an action-packed night with two main events. Ticket prices are $35 for reserved seats, $50 VIP seats, and with the VIP seat, you get free food for an hour in the VIP section at Michael's 8th Avenue. It's going to be a great night of fights, and you do not want to miss it. To get your tickets, please go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. That's BaltimoreBoxing.com. Or you can come down to the legendary Baltimore Boxing Club in Fells Point and grab your tickets in person. And ladies and gentlemen, you do not want to miss these ring card girls. They are beautiful this time. Sponsored by Leapwood Bail Bonds. Thank you, Bernie. segment it is jobbing out glenn clark aaron oster and of course the main event aj francis and joined now by a uh, a second time guest here on this show i can't believe he came on with us once and actually wanted to come back on with us but we did buy tickets to a show the last time so maybe that had something to do with it he is going to be back in town september 23rd and 24th the 23rd with jim Cornette at jimmy's famous seafood which we love and on the 24th at the MCW Arena in Joppa for a tribute to the legends. He is, of course, good old JR himself, Jim Ross. JR, it's a pleasure. It's good to talk to you, sir. Thanks for taking the time once again. Sure, my pleasure. Thanks uh, for having me. I need to know this. This is very important because we all have our things. What do you order when you go to Jimmy's Famous Seafood? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the correct answer. That is the absolute yeah, I, right I, answer. I, uh... It's, a, it's one of the more confl- uh, conflicting things I do in my life is to figure out what to order at Jimmy's. <laughs> uh, and I generally uh, over-order. And, uh, and, and uh, Crab Cake Johnny there is always taking care of me. So uh, 
and I can eat. So I feel guilty that I can't clean my plate, but man, it's a, it's an amazing place. So, the, yeah. No question. You guys are you guys are so lucky. Hey, I have to have my crab cakes just Oklahoma. You can drive down the street and get yours. Not that's a bad deal. That's a fact. We ha- I have to ask this because one time we recently were there for a UFC fight, and one of AJ's buddies ordered something. They brought it out to him for dessert. I looked at it and said, I don't know what that is, but you're going back to the kitchen right now and making me another one. It turned out to be an Oreo cheesecake. Have you tried the Oreo cheesecake at Jimmy's? No, I haven't. You know, I haven't uh, investigated the dessert menu very very thoroughly. I, I should. Oh. I need to do that. When we're, we're back in town uh, later this month, I'll, I'll make that a, a – uh, point of contention i'll do that all right i've got all my important questions out of the way. <laughs> uh since we're on this and anyone that knows me knows i love food i what is your favorite beef jerky that you make because i know your ch- jr's championship beef jerky oh i think we lost aj there for a second yeah but your beef jerky's out of control jr well i think uh thank you i i the fellow that makes it makes every order custom made so and WWE does a real good job. WWE Shop uh, sells our products. Uh, and then we're also in the Ingalls grocery stores throughout the southeast. I don't think there's any in the Baltimore area, but uh, the jerky's good, man. They, he does eye of round, and it's old school made. And like I said, it doesn't set. Every order is custom made, so it's always fresh and good. It's good stuff. Oh, no doubt about that. And uh, do, you have a, do you have a favorite of the jerkies? I like the original. Yeah, I'm kind of an original guy. I like the original, uh, and it's I travel with it. It's, it's a good snack. It's 97 percent fat free. It's good protein. It's better than eating, uh, you know, chips. Because <laughs> uh, I'm guilty of that too. Yeah, that makes all of us. By the way, that makes all of us. So you're going to Jimmy's in a few weeks, and you're going to be uh, sharing the stage with Jim Cornette. How do you think that's going to go? What can we expect uh, on that Friday night? Well, I. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because Cornette is very outspoken, very entertaining. He's, he's, uh, he has amazing product knowledge. He is very uh, hell-bent on uh, getting others to understand his philosophy of wrestling, which is, can be really an entertaining uh, diatribe. So, uh, but we, we were, I closed my, I did three shows in uh, Dallas during WrestleMania this year. And on the last one, which was we we did after Raw, uh, so it's kind of a raucous crowd. We I had Cornette as my guest, and we did the whole show together. And it was really fun. I mean, he's the, the big part of our shows for the folks in Baltimore and the surrounding area to know is that it's not us going up there and doing a big flint, pretending like we're stand-up comedians because we're not. But we tell a few stories, obviously, and most of them are kind of funny. Uh, but the key component to these shows are the questions that we get from the audience because it makes every show unique and they can ask anything they want there's nothing off limits so uh it's just a fun uh, exercise and corny is so uh, good at thinking on his feet you know he and i uh, did a lot of broadcasting together as a matter of fact we have an event coming up in uh, newcastle england uh in early october for what culture wrestling that we're going to do on pay-per-view that will be also on the fight tv app so uh we're we're going to do some more work together he's fun he's a he, i always say he was like a uh the old show green acres had a character named zeb <laughs> uh, cornet is zeb of green acres on crack <laughs> what i like about cornet the most is that he's in no ways is he a curmudgeon whatsoever that's that's what i like most about cornet and talking to him 
and he's a legitimate, real-life character. Not a, he's not a, uh, uh, you know, a creation uh, of some a group, a creative group. He's him, and for better or for worse. That's right. What no doubt. No doubt. I love, I, I love it. The show. I promise you, the show on Friday night, the twenty-third of September, in that in that in intimate environment there at Jimmy's, will be a classic. Oh, uh, it'll be special. You, the atmosphere is unique. You know, you're packed in there. Everybody gets to ask their questions. There'll be, you know, everybody will have a beer or something, whatever. Good, great food. I mean, I don't know. I think it should be a. I think it's going to be a hell of a show. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The whole weekend's a, a cool thing. No, it's really, really cool. You can find out more by going to mcwprowrestling.com. Again, the 23rd at Jimmy's Famous with Jr. and Jim Cornette, and the 24th, the tribute to the legends. Jr. joins us here on jobbing out. I think we got AJ back and he's got like a million questions he wants to ask, so I will cede him the floor. Absolutely. JR, I always ask people when they come on the show about their favorite matches and whatnot, but my question for you is, what was the first match, like first WrestleMania match that you were doing commentary on where midway through the match you were like, God damn, this is amazing. Oh, I would probably tell you it was uh Whatever the first match at WrestleMania Nine was, I gotta go look. That was my first WrestleMania, and we were in, even though you were in the toga, in Las Vegas, <laughs> toga and all that stuff. So you know, you look around, and you're in a costume, you're outside, uh, you're you know, there's elephants and tigers. Oh my! And Bobby Heenan's riding an elephant backwards, I think. And Randy Savage is his normal, uh, you know, intense, jacked up self. It was a surreal moment for me. And after you know, I was in the business. Uh, gosh, 19 years before I made that. So, people say, well, you're an overnight sensation. Yeah, it only took me two decades. So, <laughs> nonetheless, it was a, it, that's probably that very beginning. The entrances of the first match probably was like, okay, I'm sitting down at the ringside with two guys I've never worked with on the biggest show of my life. It's my first foray with WWE. So, uh, a lot of pressure, uh, and like, but it was pretty surreal. That was, the entrances probably were the flip the switch and here we go. Could, could you imagine back in 1974 when you started wrestling being where it is today in 2016, where literally if you have a camera and you can find a ca- uh, internet provider that'll stream your show, you can show your world your your product to anyone across the world. No, heck no! I wish I could be that savant. Oh yeah, I had it all figured out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. Hey, no, no, I. You know, we, we were just, uh, I just wanted to get above that 25 to $40 a day threshold of, of income. Uh, you know, I wanted to get off the <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to stop being a referee. I wanted to find a job that I didn't get so sweaty. And, uh, and, I, and obviously I wanted to be a broadcaster. And, but I never thought, I just thought the wrestling thing, I learned some promotional things and that'd be a pretty cool deal. And I had to, you know, Bill Watts hired me in 74. I thought, well, that's going to, this is going to be a nice summertime gig. Then I'll go back to college this fall and graduate. I'll have some great stories to tell my buddies. And uh, and that summertime job lasted 40 years. So <laughs> it was certainly not designed as it was. And my journey is so unique that I don't know if anybody that's had my, you know, a fan that's, that wasn't a, a, an athlete that got in the business. Uh, I, I, I was a fan, and I'm still a fan. So... My 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 run from the Garden of Oklahoma to the Garden of New York City was uh, pretty good, and I'm one I'm very thankful for. You know, to to piggyback off of AJ there, 
the state of wrestling right now where you can literally see all of this wrestling from all over. You have the, uh, you're part of Fight TV where you can see ICW over Scotland, then you can watch championship wrestling in Hollywood, uh, everything in between. You know, how have you seen the business change in the past, especially in the past year or two when it comes to this sort of uh, thing and just the being able to, uh, consume so much different types of wrestling? Well, one the big one of the big changes in our business is uh, the television production has uh, enhanced immensely. Uh, I would challenge anybody that's producing a TV show now, a live event of any kind, to out uh, produce what the look of the WWE shows are. Yeah. Uh, they you know they spend a lot of money, a lot of trucks, a lot of cameras, a lot of techs, technicians. You know, it's so the TV look the look of the TV shows changed immensely than what it was when I first started. Uh, you know, HD's changed the game. I used to curse HD because after my, I don't know, second or third bout of Bell's palsy and then HD comes around, I said, oh, hell, my, my ass is gone. It won't be long to, to the old southern boy, the chubby kid with the Bell's palsy uh, uh, is, is probably going to be uh, ushered out of the HD era, but in any event. Uh, but the, the style, the wrestling's changed, you know, the Talents feel compelled to wrestle real fast, and I'm not uh, a, a condoning or a proponent of wrestling real slow, by the way. But I do think that uh, there are, there are things that are going on in wrestling now that are, that will will realize in a short period of time that it was self destructive as far as how how, how a lot of talents work, uh, and they don't sell, and they do too much. You know, and there, and I also I wrote a blog this week. I think it was this week on my on my website about you know you learn you're taught to take bumps with a flat back. Flat back bumps are is a part of yeah. wrestling uh, camps and schools. Every all of them, and now you got guys landing on their necks and their shoulders. They're landing on places that their bodies aren't meant to be landed upon, and they're doing it too often. So I believe that going forward, there's a whole generation of guys right now that'll be. Uh, really busted up and, and, and physically challenged within five or eight years of their career because they do too much. Wow. Um, boy, we've heard that from a few people about spots and, and jumps and things along those lines, but you just think it might be how, how they're taking bumps that could hurt these guys? Well, you, you gotta, the, the bumps are, are designed in the wrestling ring. The whole process is designed to take a great uh, flat back bump. Back drops in on the flat back, the punch ends in the flat back, right. close lines, drop kicks. The, the, back, the flat back bump is your gateway. And what you're seeing is a lot of guys want to be different just for the sake of being different. And so they're taking bumps in a more, uh, what they would tell you, more innovative, more modern way. Uh, but what they're doing is that anatomically it's not sound. And think about it. I mean, you're, you're dealing with your neck and your yeah. vertebrae, the whole nine yards. And yeah. The shoulder's a delicate thing. So you're going to joints, uh, and not the ones we smoke, but joints <laughs> in uh, your shoulder or, or things of that nature. Your neck has all these moving parts. That's not where you want to be landing. No, that's true. That's my point. So that's my and, – and I think a lot of kids are wrestling too quick. They're, they don't they don't understand how to apply a wrestling hole. They – they go by the old wrestling adage, well, grab a hole, kid. Well, grabbing a hole is bullshit. Grabbing a hole is lazy. Grabbing a hole is uninventive. It's, uh, it's, it's just not good. Apply a hole. Execute uh, a maneuver or a hole that exploits a body part. Now, 
if I'm a casual fan or a hardcore fan, I get what you're doing. I get your story you're telling. So they're all about storytelling, but some of the stories we're being told now are, are risky in my estimation. And I understand guys are doing it because of their heart. They want to be great. They want to be different. They want to be unique. They want to connect with the audience. I applaud all that. But, man, if you're, uh, you're, you're unable to tie your shoes, you're not going to be doing too many uh, good things in the wrestling ring. Probably pretty true. He is good old J.R. Jim Ross. Uh, I'll, I'll head back to A.J. down in Tampa. Go ahead, A.J. Hey, J.R., what I was wondering is when you got the call to be put in the WWE Hall of Fame, what was that moment like for you personally? Well, I, I can remember where I was, actually. I was at a place called Louie's uh, Bar and Grill in Norman. And I was uh, having a beer with uh, Coach Bob Stoops and a couple of his guys and a couple more of our friends. And I got a call, and I uh, went outside to take the call. And uh, Kevin Dunn called me. Kevin Dunn and John Gaborik. John Gaborik's now TNA. He had John Gaborik was also on the line. And Kevin wanted to let me know that uh, I had been selected to go into the Hall of Fame. I was the last guy uh, announced in 2007 that was in Chicago. It was probably, my, probably one of the biggest highlights of my entire career was getting announced. But, yeah, going through my mind, it was, you know, I, I was, I was uh, excited and kind of humbled, but also anxious to get back to the conversation about football and have another beer. <laughs> yeah, the priorities. Speaking of which, um, uh, do you want to say anything about what happened uh, on, on Saturday or we just want to move right past that? Well, we didn't play well, obviously. Uh, we got outplayed, and any time that the other team is uh, getting all the 50-50 balls, any time that they make eight or nine, uh, convert eight or nine third downs in a row, uh, then, you know, you're asking for trouble. They're, you know, you can look at that game early on and look at their, the Houston sideline and look at the Oklahoma sideline where I was standing, by the way, and it was the, there was a difference in night and day. They had passion. They had, they had the mojo working. It was great, and we had nothing. And it was, the, it was very uh, laid back over there. Business-like could be one nice way of putting it, but I don't like the business-like. I don't think business-like is cool in, in competitive sports. I think passion has to be in place somewhere along the, the equation. So, But we just got outplayed, man. They, they got a good team. They beat Florida State last year in the, in the Peach Bowl. They, you know, they uh, were 13-1. and one. Hell, their head coach is the hottest coach in the country right now, and he hasn't lost a game. But That's lost true. lost one game in two years Whew. on the field, so he's – he was at Ohio State, you know, before that. So they just—they're low. They have a good team, and, and they were—they want to be in the Big Twelve. They're playing. Yeah, their, and I think they opened that door to be the next team in the Big Twelve, one of the next teams in the Big Twelve with that win alone. Yeah, they might—they might make it. So you know, it was a—it just we just got our ass out played, and hmm. and that's bottom line is what it was. It wasn't that we quit or we—you know—they just played better, and we. Got away from our game plan. We got away from running the ball. We got. We just. I'm sure that the, you know, uh, the Barry Horowitz of uh, college football teams, the University of Louisiana Monroe, uh, is coming in to do the job on the Saturday night. <laughs> Norman, and uh, I'm sure they get paid well. Uh, I told somebody on the drive back from Houston. I said, I bet those guys from Louisiana Monroe will drive to Norman and they'll bust it to save some money. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we should right some wrongs against a very uh, suspect opponent 
a week before we play Ohio State in Norman, which is big time. That's a that's a huge game. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I would as you probably know, I played at Maryland and we beat the pants off of Howard this week. And because we played a Brooklyn brawler of an opponent, we were able to win the game by a big margin, and I was able to talk trash to Gerald McCoy. <laughs> Gerald McCoy's a good man. Yes, he is. He's a very good man. Jay, I'm moving back to wrestling. Uh, arguably the hottest thing in wrestling right now is the uh, Cruiserweight Classic. What do you think of WWE doing something like this, bringing in so much outside talent, even though they're now signing all of them? And uh, the other thing that people are talking about inside the CWC is the uh, broadcast team of Mara Ranallo and Daniel Bryan. What's uh, what's your take on both of those things? I like uh, WWE looking outside the envelope. And, uh, you know, the goal was always, and I was in charge of talent there, and, and I'm sure the goal is the same. We want to be able to assemble as many talented uh, performers as we possibly can to create a very healthy, competitive locker room. And it seems like that's kind of where WWE is going because on the top side of their roster, they've got a lot of guys that, that are similar. They have a lot of parity. In other words, I said this before, and it's not a knock on anybody if you understand the business. WWE's got two guys that are truly over, 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 uh, Brock Lesnar and John Cena. They have a lot of other really talented guys that are kind of log jams, all looking to, to – uh, swim their way past the logs and, and get upstream. And I don't know who's going to do that. I don't, and this all it, it remains to be seen. So uh, there's a lot of parity there. Uh, so I like the fact that they're looking outside the envelope to bring in guys and not being so restrictive on size. But the company's gone through some times there where size was, was really a, a major, major priority. It's still a priority, but I think it's been lessened, obviously. So I like the cruiserweights. Uh, I think they've uh, they add a lot of excitement. It's like watching a uh, a fast breaking basketball team. They just they they run run run, and they they're that real fast pace. Hopefully they'll interject some selling and some more fundamental storytelling to their amazing athleticism because all of it together uh, can really be a phenomenal presentation. If you just let them go 100 miles an hour. And, and, and don't worry about their health or, 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 the, or the long-term prognosis of the talent, then, you know, so, so be it. Let, let it roll. I don't believe in that personally, so obviously. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I like the cruiserweight stuff. And uh, I think that uh, Morrow and uh, Daniel Bryan are doing a, a, a terrific job. You know, uh, Morrow's got a wealth of experience. Uh, and, you know, I, I get a little bit uh, – I feel kind of bad for him at times because all he, it seems like on social media, he's the next Jim Ross. I don't know how good that is, quite honestly. So what the hell? He, he can do something better than that. But uh, Morrow's his own guy. He's a hell of an announcer, and he's proven that in a lot of, a lot of genres, uh, boxing and MMA, of course, and, uh, and now pro wrestling. So, and he's been done, done pro wrestling before. So they do a good job. I think Daniel Bryan's probably – I'm not surprised that Morrow's doing well, but I am – pleasantly surprised that Daniel Bryan's doing a nice job, and they should get better. They should not say, okay, we're, we've got this now. You'd never get this now. If you're a broadcaster, you never, you're only as good as your last show, period, end of the day. It's kind of like a ball player. How did you do the last game? Well, I didn't do so good, but last year, that third game of the year, I had a nice game. Well, that don't count. Third game of the year has been over a year ago. 
How did you do this week? And that's kind of where they are. I think they'll get better. And uh, but I, I, it's, a, it's all good strategic booking. I think that's probably Vince McMahon's uh, smart management of letting uh, Paul Levesque, Triple H, uh, kind of go outside the, 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 the sand pile of WWE and see what he can, what he can create. And right now, based on what they've done on NXT and, uh, mm-hmm. and now this Cruiserweight stuff, I kind of like their track record. JR, last one for me. Um, wrestling fans are just over the moon right now with what they've gotten from Kevin Owens. And, and we've talked about, as far as a complete package is concerned, I, I don't know that I've seen someone that, that checks all the boxes like this since maybe Kurt Angle. Are, are you as high as wrestling fans are in what this guy brings to the table week in and week out as a performer on the mic, in the ring, etc.? Absolutely. I'd love to call his matches. I'd love to. I think I could probably, because uh, I, I am very much emotionally invested in what he's doing and who he is and where he's come from. I love his journey. Uh, he's, a, he's a pro's pro. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that I'm glad that WWE made that call. I think that that was the right call to, for him to be the champion. And uh, he can work with baby faces or heels. Uh, he can work with anybody's skill level. He seems to be durable. You know, the greatest trait any wrestler can have, fellas, might be the same in broadcast, might be the same in the National Football League, is reliability. If I can't rely on your ass, then I don't need you. I hate to sound no. coarse. No, you're right. You can't rely on It's like a marriage. It's like a relationship. It's like anything else, man. You know, you you got to have reliability. You have to have reliability in your life. And So I, I could get guys with great, you know, 22-inch arms and great suntans and Look pretty on eight by ten, but they get a boo boo. They can't go, or they got to stay home, or whatever. If I can't rely on you, then I, I just don't know where you fit. Uh, and, you can rely on, and you can rely on Kevin Owens. Is my point. No doubt, no doubt. Absolutely, and and uh, my coaches always say reliability, accountability, dependability is your best ability. And that if Kevin Owens isn't the true show of that then i don't know who else would be in the company but what my final question for you is jr and i'm so happy that we were able to work this out uh but you're probably your most famous call of your career is probably the undertaker mankind hell in the cell match if i had to pick one match how was it like to be live on air watching something like that well exhilarating uh, it, you know, there's about a million ways you can describe that. Shocking, scintillating, uh, surprise, aghast. You know, what else, you know, I had no idea that that was going to occur, as I mentioned, and I just didn't see, after the fact, how uh, Mick was going to survive it. And I'm being very serious when I say survive it. I thought he may have killed himself because there was nothing to break his fall but the concrete floor of the Pittsburgh uh, Civic Arena. And I'm, I'm not so sure. Uh, that I'm sure. I think they had the ice up. So either the ice was down uh, or it's just concrete. Nonetheless, it's not going to provide you a very safe sanctuary to land. <laughs> From 20 feet so up, it doesn't matter what the hell it is. So I just I just thought, you know, man, he's this is this is a horrific thing. This is this is bad. And, uh, you know, little. And then he goes through the cage itself. Oh, that was even that was that was probably more damaging to him than the other. It was all a it was amazing effort, and you know it was a different point, different period of time. You'll never see anything quite like it again. 
you know, and you know, and I think that's good. You know, I don't need. I call one wrestler's death uh, that you know a live on television. I don't ever want to see anybody else have to do something like that. And I just believe yeah. that we have to be able to reel things in a bit and tell great, better stories. Tell better stories that are logical that I can invest in. And don't you know I. I, I did. I booked a show in Oklahoma back in July, and I had these five kids in an opening match in a, in a kind of little uh, gauntlet thing. Sudden death. First got to get a pin or submission wins. So every man for himself. Blah blah blah. So I said they said, well, what do you what do you want? And I told them what I wanted. Who was going to go over? I said, let me tell you what I don't want. I don't want you. I don't want four of you standing on the outside of the ring like idiots. Remembers every man for himself. So you're coexisting on a, in a little four-man huddle on the outside of the ring waiting for your other adversary to run and jump over the top rope and land in the middle of you where you miraculously catch your ass. <laughs> Tell me how much sense that makes, and aren't we tired of seeing that in every match? It's no longer special, and it's, it's hideously illogical. So uh, I said, and by the way, if you guys feel compelled to do that spot, just let me know you are going to do it so I can go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a uh, – I still love it, man. I still love it. And, we, and that's the thing about, you know, these shows we're doing. Gosh, you, you know, fans have all these great questions. And, you can, and, and, and it's just – it's really cool to be able to – if I had something like this when I was a fan, a young fan, before, if I would never gotten into business, I'd be going to these things all the time. I love this kind of stuff. It just it's fun to attend and I hope that we'll have a good crowd and have great food and drink and uh and have some have some fun. I don't think Cornette will be drinking, but I will. So <laughs> well, Cornette doesn't need to drink, that's for sure. <laughs> no, he doesn't need he doesn't need any stimulants. He's got plenty organically. Uh, we'll be making sure to drink with you. Uh we've seen Aaron and I have seen the show. We saw it at Ramshead. I when saw you it down in DC as yeah, well. Yeah, you saw it at the improv as well. And obviously that was we didn't get to see Cornette that night too, so we're really looking forward to it. Of course that's the twenty third at Jimmy's famous seafood and the twenty fourth uh an all day event at the MCW Arena for tribute to the legends, of course the convention, followed up by the show that night, and you get your tickets at MCWProWrestling.com. dot com. JR That show on Saturday, guys, that show on Saturday is like a who's who's Oh, it's a great. Uh, yeah. it's, it's loaded. No doubt, no doubt. Rikishi's going to be there. I saw Hornswoggle's going to be Fred there. Hart. He was just added. Yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> Bret Hart, I feel like is is significant a little bit. No, it's it's really incredible. And MCW is just killing it. They're the best, and we love working with them. Um, let's plug on Twitter at JR's BBQ is how you give him a follow. Of course, JR's com is the website for him as well. JR, sir, it's always a pleasure. We always appreciate you taking time for us. We love chatting with you, and we can't wait to see you here in a couple weekends back in Maryland. Look forward to it, guys. Thanks very much, and uh, we'll be we'll have to put the crab cakes away. It'll be fun. He's the best. He's just the yeah. best, man. I, he's, he's fantastic. I, I've always said, if I could, you know, they asked you, know, who do you want to have dinner with? with? Commentator, yes. I yes, exactly. I want to have sex with him as a commentator. But no, like the the, the dinner table conversation. I could have three people. Right. Give me Jr. Give me Vin Scully, and I don't even need a third person. Just have a good bartender there, and I, I'd be sitting there listening to good, stories for days. I want Jr. I want Rock, and I want mm, Taker. Mm. See, I would be a little bit different than the two of you, and I would probably go Alexa Bliss, <laughs> Bliss. as well as Sasha <laughs> Emma. Banks, and uh, yeah, Emma. I think would be. The, I feel like 
I feel like Glenn just won this gag. Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> Who are we kidding? I want Kurt Angle and John Cena, and then I want to sit there and jerk it the entire time. And you want a curtain there. Correct. Uh, all right. AJ, I know we got to let you go because, uh, you, uh, you know, could get the phone call at any point now, so I know you still have to stay in shape and get back to, uh, training. So, uh, get some buckets right quick. Yeah, right. So why don't you do this, um, so that we don't forget it later? Go ahead and plug up, uh, Francis Sports Academy. Yeah, Francis Sports Academy. Um, you know, we, my dad, we had this week off because Labor Day, but we're back at it. And, uh, there's a video on our Instagram account I made of all the kids training. It's amazing, man. These kids are so good. The best thing about the whole camp experience is that these kids are so good and we're teaching them and we're getting them better. But they're coming with so much to the plate already that, you know, we're just enhancing what they already got. And if you feel like your kid is good enough or wants to be better at basketball or sooner than you think football, um, you know, we're going to be training. You can go to FrancisSportsAcademy.com, check it out. You can follow us on Instagram at Francis underscore sports. You can follow us on Twitter at Francis underscore sports. Um, and you can, as Glenn always says, you, I have a Twitter and it's, uh, it's, uh, AJ Francis 410. You can find it there. You can, like I said, you can go to FrancisSportsAcademy.com. It's a great thing we're doing and the kids are getting really good and I can't wait because we got a lot of kids that are going to drop a lot of buckets this winter. That's cool, man. Also, by the way, so we don't forget it again while we let you go, uh, shout out to BJ and Miggs. Steve, Steve Miggs. This is what a, a, a gentleman Steve Miggs is. He sent me a note for my birthday. Really? Steve Miggs is a good, good man. And, yes, he uh, is. And, and love those guys. Because he's bald. Bald guys are awesome. Yeah, you know what? I don't disagree with that. I like being, I try to get rid of my hair as much as I possibly can. <laughs> I'm down. a lot of awesome bald people in the world. Steve Wilkos, pretty sure he's at the top of the list, Steve right? Wilkos. Cal Ripken's a hell of a ball dude. Cal Ripken, The Rock. But Stone Miggs Cold. is on the top of all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Miggs, he... is, Miggs is the best. No, 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 no. You dragged that list down. We're, we're talking about good people with bald head. Uh, shout out to the VJ and Miggs. Shout out to Ted Smith, the whole crew up at uh, 999 KISW in Seattle and the Miggs cast and the Mega cast. Make sure you're digging those guys. All right, buddy, next time we talk to you, uh, hopefully you're in a, a beautiful, warm-weather city and getting ready for uh, your next NFL game. I appreciate it, pal. We'll talk to you next week, all right? No doubt, brother. All right, Aaron, let's uh, let's wrap things up. We're not going to do uh, top five this week, but we're going to essentially do kind of like what we used to do with the quick count because I'm going Fun to... Fun weekend. I'm going to allow you. I know this was a big pants-off weekend for you. Fun weekend, yeah. And, which is funny because you couldn't even really watch a lot of it. You were I just like, following along on the internet with your pants off, which is, a, which is a strange thing to do. Um, but I'm going to let you recap. It was a big weekend for indies, for lower levels of pro wrestling, and I know that you want to touch on a lot of it. I will sit back and attempt to be educated. What do I need to know about? All right, so let's start with where we uh, left off last week, which is after we talked to Mike Quackenbush, Shakara's King of Trios. Uh, and, you know, the last thing we talked to him about was the question about the all-women's trios teams. Yep. And um, team, I, <clears throat> team Sendai Girls ended up winning it, which is one of the, the Japanese trios. It was actually the finals, which is was interesting, was the Team Sendai Girls against Team JWP, which is another group of uh, Japanese women, so they just had an all-Japanese women trios match. You know, I think we kind of got hinted that, that, if you listened last week, that something like that might happen. Mike talked how much respect he has for them, how much he wants to publicize them, how much, you know, people should know about, you know, the Japanese women division. 
And to have them both in the finals, to have none of your homegrown talent, none of, you know, to kind of punt storyline there and just say, look, I want to do this. I want to, know, you know, show that these six women can go mm-hmm. and many Japanese women can go and they don't get enough credit. It was a really interesting move on his part and uh, was relatively well received. Obviously, there were some people who just were like, you know, women in the finals, you can't do it. Obviously, you're always going to get that. Others who are a little disappointed that it was, you know, it doesn't set up a storyline or anything. Yeah. Um, but overall, it seemed like a very successful weekend for Shikara and just with the uh, interesting result there. Do you think, we've talked about this before, do you think that we are approaching a time where we will see more crossover competition at every level? Crossover meaning intergender? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I think that we're... You know, I don't think we're ever going to see it in WWE. Not I, let me rephrase. Right. At some point, I'm sure we will. I think they're going to be the last. I think they've gone out of their way to say right now, this is not happening. This is not what we're doing. We have women's divisions. Women compete against women. That's the way that things work here. Yep. I do think it's interesting though, and I say this because well, I I think it's interesting. We saw an intergender match last week on Raw, even though it it was women versus women, men versus men. That was the first time in a while I feel like we had seen an intergender match. They did a little bit of it, like with the Natalia and remember uh, El El Torito. Like, they did some of that. Well, okay. You know what I mean? I, but they did. I, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, my yeah. point. You know, my point being that they, they did do go that route where um, Natalia was with Kid and Cesaro and El Torito Ooh, was with... Um, Los Matadors. Right, right, Primo and Epico. How about that one, by the way? We what? didn't talk about that at all. The Shining Stars getting a win over Enzo and Cass? Yeah, that was a little... <laughs> that was out of nowhere. I don't really know what to make of it, and I still... I don't. I still don't really know what to make of the shining stars in general. I mean, my real... my guess is simply that they have nothing for Enzo and Cassidy right now. They want to give something I... for Enzo, but that's a weird One, way to do it. It can't be a good thing to not have anything for Enzo and Cass to do right now. That's not smart. You find something for Enzo and well, Cass. They are. But yeah, that's it now. Now they're in a program with the shining stars. Well, that's what happens when you have you know they don't have any tag teams on Raw. They have the three big ones. They have the club, they have the New Day, and right. they have Enzo and Cass. Cass. And then it goes down to the Shining Stars, and then R-Truth and Goldust. Like, well, okay, there's your answer. Do <laughs> okay, something no, with them. Yeah. For God's sakes, you have R-Truth and Goldust. Hello? Fair enough. All right. Um, so that's Shakara. That's Shakara. They, they also had a fun little thing where they finally paid off. They, they have a wrestler, uh, Prakash Sabar, who's basically... His gimmick is he's an ex-Pakistani, and he looks like X-Pac, like, uh, and he does all the X-Pac yeah. moves. And they do something every year called the Tag Gauntlet, and they paid it off with uh, X-Pac and Billy Gunn coming out oh, at the good. end and beating up those okay. guys and winning right. the Tag Gauntlet. So that was the other thing. All right. um, we go cross-country. Yes. We go to PWG. We go to the Battle of Los Angeles. Yep. Uh, I did not – you know, I haven't seen it. They, they keep it in, in, you know, very much in-house. Uh, I had a friend who went there, and I've been seeing all the reports, who are basically, over and over, I keep seeing the greatest weekend of wrestling in history. Eh, I mean, it's pretty loaded. We went over the it, list. It, it, it was loaded, and we didn't even go over some of it. Like, uh, the, the match of the of the weekend, apparently, was uh, Young Bucks and Cole against, I believe it was uh, Matt Slidell. Oh, it was three high fly. Uh, Ricochet. Okay. It was another high flyer. I'm blanking exactly well, I mean, that already who it was. sounds like it would suck. I mean, but uh, everyone's saying, like, Match of the year, match of the, you know, just, and apparently it was, a, remember I told you how it was a Dalton Castle and the boys yep. against the Young Bucks? Uh, the boys ended up being uh, Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby that's cool. Fish. Oh, that's cool. 
Um, and then there was the tournament, lots of great matches, and uh, I think a little bit of a, not overly a surprise, because they usually don't give it to necessarily the biggest name, but uh, Marty Skrull, who we saw at Evolve, he's definitely making waves, he's great, I, he was one of my favorite guys on the list, uh, he ended up winning the Battle of Los Angeles, and uh, apparently just a lot of guys looked really good over the weekend, really showed off, and uh, Dave Meltzer, who was there, was just like, but you, you joke about you know me having my pants off. He just couldn't stop raving cool. about it on Twitter. So cool. that was uh, the Battle of Los Angeles, and I'm definitely going to see if I can find that. Well, it's going to be out soon on the DVD and all that good streaming stuff. And Any stuff, so. anything else from the past weekend? Because I don't want to touch on Lucha. Yeah, I do want to, the WWE Network. They released their hidden oh, right. gems right. thing, which is. Um, something people have been kind of hoping the network would do is kind of dig into their vault a little bit more and find it. Uh, a couple interesting things on there. A, they have a, they found a match from FCW between Seth Rollins and Cassius Ono, Chris Hero. Oh wow! Which wow? I mean, yeah, not gonna suck. Yeah, give me that. Yeah, that that's you know I feel we talked about a, mo- a few months past and I was like, why don't we have this FCW stuff? You know, seeing the way that Rollins came up, seeing no Ray, doubt, seeing man. all of these it's guys. It's there, yeah. It's all there. I want to see some of that. So they do that. Now. But the most interesting thing was something a lot of people don't realize just because it is so, you know, no one has ever seen it before. It's considered kind of the holy grail of unseen wrestling footage. And it's uh, something called the the Last Battle of Atlanta, which was the culmination of an 18-month feud between Buzz Sawyer and Tommy Rich. Like, when I say an 18-month feud, I don't mean, like, they feuded. They went and feuded with someone else. They came back to it. Right. No, no, no. They feuded for 18 months down in uh, the territories there. Like, pretty much every show both of them were on, they were facing each other in some form. Uh, the last battle of Los Angeles, it was a cage match with a roof on it. It was basically the prototype for the Hell in a Cell. It was this outrageously bloody match, and no one had ever seen it before. No, it's this very famous match. Everyone had read about it, everyone had heard about it, but supposedly no footage existed of it. WWE somehow found that footage, and it's released right now. It's about 25, it's a 25-minute bloodbath, apparently. Wow. And uh, the fact that they found this, you know, I, I've seen people, uh, not even on my wrestling message boards, but like on my, you know, sports message boards who happen to post about wrestling, right. say like, I'm an old fan. I don't get the network. I'm getting the network for something like this. Well, that is, I mean, again, you, you're trying to compel people. You're trying to get people over the threshold as much as you can give them, and especially this type of stuff they can watch whenever they want to watch it. Look, I complained a little bit about the the oversaturation. Oh, of and, live and that's events. why you know when we when we were talking earlier about how every big pay per view is now going to have a takeover attached. Right. I'm very concerned about that. Yeah, I mean, look, that's I as I said, you want them to fix that, do some on Fridays. If they're all on Saturdays, that's going to be very difficult. Asking me to be able to watch four straight days worth of wrestling within the span of four days is 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 tough or five days if you include nxt and right now the cruiserweight classic but obviously that's going to be over uh, pretty soon but still five days consecutively of wwe programming is 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 a lot to ask it's a it's a big ask of wrestling fans um that being said this on-demand stuff the stuff that you can watch whenever you want that's a no-brainer as much as that as you can give me you know what i mean like give me all of it and, give and, me and everything you, you know can. i think we're you know, we always knew that they had a big vault. They've been spending the past decade or so, you know, picking up all the library collections that they could find. You know, I think this kind of says, look, we have some huge things still, you know, still coming. Right. And we can, if we want to release an entire Territories TV, we can do that at any point. You just have to get the network to find out. Okay. 
and I'm I, I haven't had a chance to see the the last battle of Atlanta yet, but I'm as soon as I can I'm going to watch it just because it yeah, is no this, it is you know a I I love uh, you know do you ever like you know when it's on ESPN Classic or something find a really old basketball game old football games something like that. <sighs> I love those. I can't get enough of that stuff. You know what? I I can be sucked in. I can be sucked in. I'm not going to say that I do it regularly. But not I can not be regularly, but yeah. like I, I know they were showing um, the the Glory Road game, the game from Coldfield uh, House. Western, they they yeah. showed that on ESPN a few months back, and I was just I was sat there and I was fascinated by it just because you know they, I've never watched that game. I've never watched that game. Yeah, that's interesting. I I would find myself being interested by that. You know what I mean? Like, but I, yeah, to have to have 25 minutes, this really historical match, no commentary over it, just you know, it's basically a one camera shot. I'm I I can't wait to watch it. No doubt, no doubt. All right, um, so there you go. That's that's stuff that's happened. I want to talk. You and I are or or well, when AJ, we're all taping on Wednesday afternoon. Tonight is the season premiere of Lucha Underground. Yay. So by the time people listen, they've already seen it. I hate all of you people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, past Aaron says F you to future listener. That's right. Uh, but give me an idea of what it is that's in store for season three, what you're excited about, what it is that people need to know as we get ready for season three of Lucha Underground. All right, so we left off storyline-wise, and and I always focus on the storyline Lucha Underground because it's so much more prevalent here than any, you know, it's just like we talked about Matt Quackenbush, who focuses as much on the storylines as much as the wrestling part of it, even though, of course, it has great wrestling. Last thing we saw, um, Dario Cueto, El Jefe, the boss of the temple, he okay. got arrested because they put a wire on people. Uh, they put a wire on one of the wrestlers who was being coerced by an undercover cop who's also a wrestler, including Joey yes, Ryan. Joey Ryan's one of those undercover cops. Yep. Uh, Dario Cueto killed him, and they got it on, on tape, so they arrested him for that, which leaves his brother, the monster Matanza Cueto, who's the champion right now, kind of off his leash for the first time ever. He's always been on Dario Cueto's leash. We don't know what that's going to be like, so that's okay. kind of one of the big storylines there. You also saw Pentagon, no longer Pentagon Jr., he's Pentagon Dark now, because he has a much darker soul. He turned on his master Vampiro at the uh, in Ultima Lucha last week, so we'll see kind of the fallout from that and see how uh, how dark Pentagon Dark has gotten. Uh, we saw a new luchador, Dr. Wagner, who's a huge deal in Mexico. He debuted at Ultima Lucha. Okay. He has, I believe he has the, does he have the Gift of the Gods title? I believe he has the Gift of the Gods title, which means he's, or no, no, excuse me. He's in line for a title shot, I believe, at Ultima Lucha Trace. Oh. So he, they've already set that up. So he's going to be there. Um, it's all t- taped already, which is the crazy thing. And I've managed to miss most of the spoilers. Um, but f- the little that I've known... We're going to see, I don't know about early on, but throughout, again, more people showing up that we know. Just kind of more of the indie guys, more of the big luchadors, uh, more of the guys coming out of wherever are going to uh, end up showing up over the course of this season. And I'm excited. <laughs> you know, you know me. I love Lucha Underground, but uh, they have a lot to do here, and uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly how they do it. All right. All right, that all gets underway again. You've probably already seen it. It was Wednesday night on El Rey, but uh, as we tape, we have not seen it yet, so that's the reason why we're talking about it. Uh, anything else we got to cover here? Uh, boy, I don't know. What else? I mean, we're getting closer to the CWC final. We should stop taping on Wednesdays. There's too much going on on Wednesdays that we can't talk about because we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight. Like they're, they're, So far, as like I, I made my, my bracket up, if mm-hmm. you will, I'm two for two on the uh, final four so far. I picked, uh, I picked Grand Metallic. Yep. I picked 
Uh, and we got confirmation this week that Grandma Talik is headed to Raw. Yes. That's a good, that's, that's a good awesome. thing for everybody involved. That's awesome. Except for, yeah. you know, anyone in Mexico. It's not a good news for them. Well, yeah, but, it sucks for them, but for the rest of for us. For the rest of us, uh, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, we saw, we saw Coda, so. My picks are Swan and Saber. In these. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. That makes uh, sense. You know, it's Swan Perkins, I believe, is the. Uh, I could see Perkins being the guy if they, you know, Perkins. He was announced too. For, he's got a yeah. He's got a contract, right? So yeah. it, it would be somewhat logical as well. So I think that's the one question mark. I think people assume it's going to be Saber. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think that's the one question mark there is Swan or Perkins. All right. Well, we'll see it all uh, again. By the time you – Oh, yeah. You listen, why, why did we just uh, go through I know, that? I know. You know. You know because you've already seen it. All right. Very good. That will do it uh, for this week. Aaron, uh, we already got through AJ's plugs. Let's get through yours. You are on Twitter. At DA Oster. Uh, we are on Twitter. At Jobbing Out Show. Of course, our email is. Jobbing Out Show at gmail.com. And then you uh, – what do you have coming up at the Baltimore Sun and the Rolling Stone? Uh, I'm working on something for Rolling Stone right now. I have no idea when it's going to be out, but I'm just going to kind of take a look at the history of how WWE has used Japanese wrestlers. Okay. You know, in, in, in you know coming off of Nakamura and Asuka, mm-hmm. both winning, you know, holding Hideo over their Tommy titles. Hot again. Yeah, exactly. Once you kind of had that thing, kind of looking back and thinking, man, think it's about what could have happened if Nakamura long, and Asuka yeah. were in the late '90s and part of Kai and Chai. Choppy your PP. Yes. Exactly. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Well, that's coming at Rolling Stone. Very good. All right, I'm on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. My website, glennclarkradio.com. Thanks again to good old JR Jim Ross for joining us. We will see him on the 23rd and the 24th back here in Maryland for those events with MCW. Again, ncwprowrestling.com to get you tickets. For uh, Aaron and for the main event, AJ Francis, I am Glenn. This has been Jobbing Out. Mm, jobbing Out.